0: Well, my friends, our Lord is risen. Alleluia. This is our day. This is the day, as Deacon Joe saying in the Exalted, um, praising the wonder of the resurrection. Uh, this, this is the night, right? Like, this is the night particularly that sets Christians apart, right? This is the night that even now, throughout the world, sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices, and the gloom of sin, leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. This is the night. This is it. You know, I've been driving around a bit, being the pastor now of four parishes for Easter, things get pretty busy. And so driving around, And I'm just, I was thinking earlier today, like, how many people don't realize, like, we're in the Holy Triduum. Like, this is Easter. Jesus rose from the dead. And today is not about bunnies, and eggs, and bunnies don't lay eggs, so I don't even know where that comes from. But that's not what this is about. Jesus Christ is alive. And that is the central belief of Christianity. That is more important than all the other stuff we talk about all year long, is tonight. Jesus is alive. We believe, as we prayed with for the last few days, that Jesus is God himself. God entered into our creation. Jesus is both perfectly God and perfectly man. And that this perfect God and perfect man gave himself up to die. And that we, his own people, are the ones that killed him. And he freely died for us. But even death could not stop Jesus. Even death could not hold him bound. Jesus came back to life. He rose from the dead. I've been reading the Acts of the Apostles. I just finished it this morning. And there's a one point toward the end where Paul is telling um, the the authorities what he believes. And when he gets to the point that, like, we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, they're like, you're crazy. Like, you are a crazy man. But this has become so much that people are like, oh, yeah, well, whatever, resurrect. Like, no! No! This is the center thing. Jesus is alive. More important than anything else we talk about. This is it. This is why Easter is the highest day of the entire year. Our God came back to life. Death. Death, the one thing that every human being knows we can't escape, is actually defeated. We don't escape death, but we are triumphant over it. Because Jesus broke the prison bars of death. I think that was in the Exalted too. Broke the prison bars of death. And so they cannot hold us bound because Jesus is victorious. The resurrection of our God, the resurrection of the Son of God is the source of everything else we do. But Jesus... Resurrection is not just a historical fact for him. It is a historical fact. It historically happened. But it doesn't just stop with Jesus. It's not just like, okay, Jesus rose from the dead. Good for him. What about me? Rather, we are given the opportunity to share in Jesus' resurrection. It doesn't just stop with him. Rather, it is given. It's a gift to us. And how do we share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How is it given to us through the sacrament of baptism? As we read in that very last reading from St. Paul, the epistle there, um, are you unaware that we, who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death. So that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might live in newness of life. How do we share Jesus' resurrection? How does the grace of the resurrection come to us? Baptism. And it's in baptism that we are made new. Tonight, we're incredibly blessed that Joseph and Sierra and Al-Sharif and Isaiah and Kier are going to be baptized. Tonight, you five will share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Tonight, right here before our eyes, you will be buried with Christ in the waters of baptism, and you will rise to new life with him. And each of us who have been baptized, if you had a lit candle on the way in, it should have been because you were baptized. It's a reminder to us of the dignity of our baptism. Joseph, Sierra, Al Sharif, Nisaiah Kier, today is the most important day of your eternal life, not just your earthly life. Today is the most, remember, April 16th, 2022 the most important day of your life, the day that you died with Jesus and rose with him to new life. What we do tonight and what each of us received on our baptism day changes us for all of eternity. Not just a little bit, not just a temporary. for all of eternity. We read tonight in our vigil reading, in our vigil, all of the seven readings from the Old Testament. Now buckle up, we're going to talk about every single one of them, right? Because they all point to the reality of baptism. They all teach us what is going to happen tonight for Joseph, Sierra, Nizaiah, Al-Sharif, and Kier. And it teaches us what each of us had at each of our baptisms. We began tonight hearing about creation. God created everything. God made the world. He made it good. He created humanity in his own image and likeness. He created humanity to be in relationship with him. We were made good. But on page 2 or 3 of the Bible, depending on what version you have, humanity breaks that relationship. We rebel against God. We were created good, but we get broken by sin. Sin stains God's creation. It breaks us. It breaks our relationship. Adam and Eve had the authority to speak on behalf of all of humanity, and they chose war with God. And we, the inheritors of that human nature, are born into that state of war with God, that state of brokenness. The whole rest of the Bible, however many thousands of pages, is the story of our redemption. It's the story of how the mistake on page 3 gets fixed and even leads to something greater. We say in the Exalt oh happy fault. Oh happy fault. We were broken and then we get something even better because God himself comes to save us. God himself sets us free. And how does this freedom happen? What needs to happen for us to be set free? It took the sacrifice of the Son of God. Our second reading was about Abraham being told to take his only son up a mountain, carrying the wood for the sacrifice, and there to kill him. To put him to death. Now here's something that's interesting about this. When we consider that, we consider maybe Isaac is a, um, you know, a teenager, maybe even a little kid. But no, the wood that you need to build a sacrifice is heavy, right? Isaac, actually, if you're reading the story, he was probably actually in his 30s. Um, he was actually probably stronger than his father. He freely consented that means to what was going to happen. He wasn't forced. He wasn't tricked. He this is what God requires. Okay. But then God stops Abraham. No, Abraham. You don't put your son to death. It's not through the death of your son that we are going to fix sin. Rather, God is preparing us because thousands of years later, a thousand years later, what at Monsignor probably knows how many thousands of years later it was better than I do. But however long later, generations later, God's own son carrying the wood for his own sacrifice, the cross, would again climb up a mountain. And there are some theories that maybe maybe the mountains could be the same, probably not, but would climb up the same mountain, up a mountain. And there he would be put to death. What does it cost, baptism? What is the price of baptism? Actually, none of you have asked me. Maybe you asked Deacon Joe before we all met. What does baptism cost, right? Um, Pull out the wallet. What does it cost? What does baptism cost? It costs the price of the precious blood of the Son of God. What does it cost to buy your baptism tonight? Joseph, Sarah, Al-Sharif, and Isaiah, Kier. What does it cost for your baptism? It costs the life of Jesus himself. It cost his blood. He paid tonight, not you. He paid with his blood for your redemption. He's paying for you, the price of blood. And he paid for each one of us when we were baptized. God's own little boy, his son, willingly died for us. And so, how does this get given to you? Well, in a little while, you're going to come up to the water and you pass through the waters of baptism. You're going to get water, pour it all over your head. It's going to be quite a bit of water. And you will pass through the waters, just like the Egyptians passed through the Red Sea when they were brought from slavery in Egypt to the freedom of the people of God. So you will pass from the slavery, not to Egypt, but to sin, through the waters of baptism. And what do we hear they followed as they went through the sea? The pillar of fire. Just as we tonight followed this pillar of fire and smoke from the incense into our church for your liberation from sin. And what do we hear? This is actually a detail that I really love. What happens to your sins when you go through the waters? They all get washed away. They are utterly destroyed. There's a line here that the Egyptians, when the waters flowed back over them, the waters flowed over the whole army. Not a single one of them escaped. Joseph, Sierra, Al-Sharif, and Isaiah, Kier, not a single one of your sins will escape tonight. Not a single one will be left alive. They will all be destroyed in the waters of baptism. And in this, God will wed himself to you. God enters into a covenant relationship with you tonight. We read in that fourth reading, the one who has become your husband is your maker. God is no longer a creator to you. He's a father, He adopts you. He enters into covenant relationship with you. It's not just a distant creator God. Rather, it's the God who loves you and redeems you, who enters into this relationship with you. The love of God says, My God says, "My love shall never leave you. You can never get rebaptized. Tonight changes you for all of eternity. My love will never leave." leave you. My covenant of peace shall not be taken away, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Tonight changes you for eternity, and you are bound to God, and God will forever, for all of eternity, love you. And so Isaiah went on in our fifth reading. All you who are thirsty, come to the water, the world is so dry, it's so barren. Worldly stuff doesn't have the stuff to satisfy our human hearts. And so we thirst. We thirst for something deeper. All you who are thirsty, come to the water. But tonight, Joseph, Sierra, Nisaya, Al Sharif, Kier, tonight you are elevated. You're not just set free from sin. Rather, we are elevated. We become adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. And so you are lifted up. How high are my ways above your ways, God says. How high my ways above your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. You are supernaturalized tonight. So it's not just a worldly way of thinking. And none of us Christians should have just a worldly way of thinking. None of us should just think like everyone else in the world. Our minds have been transformed by the love of God poured out. And so our mind, our thoughts, and our ways become God's ways. Then we go to the prophet Baruch. Every time I've reflect, reflected on this at Easter vigil before baptism... I always lose it here. I can't usually keep this one flowing with the rest. But we got it tonight, right? Because what did we hear? That first line from that reading from Baruch. Hear, O Israel, the commandments of life, and listen and know prudence. Right action. Baptism changes the way we act. It's not just that you become a a club member of the church. It changes how we act. Know the way of prudence know what the right thing to do is. As Christians, we have to act different from everybody else, not just a worldly way of being, but we act differently. It's not just that we say a lot of good talk, but we act on it. We act with love, with mercy, with charity. That is how, that's the way of prudence. Learn where prudence is. Where is prudence in the Spirit of God poured out upon us? Learn where strength and also understanding, so you may also know where the length of days is. Where is life acting as God himself teaches us? And then the final reading, actually, you know, the one that now sums up so beautifully, from the prophet Ezekiel. I will cleanse you. This is what God says to you in just a few minutes. I will cleanse you. Joseph, Sierra, Al-Sharif, Nisaiah Isaiah, Kier. I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you. At the moment of your baptism, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in your soul. I'll give you a new heart. I will place my spirit within you taking from your body your old, stony, sinful hearts and breaking them and giving you a new heart. A new life. You begin brand new today. We are only as old as our baptism. New life begun today. Right now. This is the gift that God gives us. I'll give you a new heart. Place a new spirit within you. I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes. Careful to observe my decrees." Okay, so, resurrection, baptism, but it doesn't end there. And that's not our only sacrament tonight, because then, and Emily and Kayla, you get added to the mix with this, you'll be confirmed. And the Holy Spirit will empower you, specifically for mission. And this is our Easter message, because the gospel of Jesus Christ The message of the resurrection and the new life given in baptism needs to be shared with the entire world. We're probably going to get out of here sometime around 11 o'clock. It may be a little too late to call people, but we should tell someone Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. We are all called to evangelize. To share the gospel, we hear that the women went to the tomb at daybreak. And when they found everything there, and the angel saying, Non est hic? He isn't here in this empty tomb. They went and they found the apostles, waking them up maybe at the sunrise, right? And said, What happened? And so, we, having encountered the risen Lord tonight, we have the job of evangelizing. And the Sacrament of Confirmation strengthens us. Father Casey, I can't abandon. That's your job. That's Father Gutierrez's job. Hey, forget it. That's not my job. That's your job. No! Actually, it's your job. As the lay faithful in the middle of the world, if you've received the Sacrament of Confirmation, it's your job. Go out there and spread the gospel. Go tell everyone, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is alive. He is not dead. And we share his life through baptism. My friends, this is our Easter message. This is what we celebrate. And so tonight, in this Vigil Mass, each of us should have our renewed love for the resurrection of our Lord, for our own baptism, and our call to spread this message. Jesus is risen. Alleluia.